Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. Well, today I want to begin a series entitled The Law of Dominion and Territory. The Law of Dominion and Territory. The Law of Dominion and Territory is a very powerful law that you and I need to understand if we are going to maximize on our existence here on earth. See, God designed us for a very specific purpose. The fall of, of Adam was, a, was a, an interruption in that ecosystem. But the truth of the matter is, even as God was casting them out of the garden, driving them out of their garden because they had now lost their ambassadorial position in that garden of the kingdom, God was already preparing a solution, telling us know that through the shed blood of an, in, an innocent animal, in, an innocent lamb, God would deliver all of us, and bring us back into a place of fellowship. So God was already preparing the remedy as they were exiting the Garden of Eden. But I want to go and look into what came before the fall of man. Sometimes we can get caught up dealing with the drama that, come, that has come with the fall of man. All the craziness that's in this world today. The murders, the, the, the murders, all the kind of more moral degradation that we are seeing in the 21st century. Yes, we have a lot of technology, but our moral decay is frightening. It is frightening. It's affecting our educational systems. I mean, everything has to be politically correct in, in a manner that is, in a manner that's very dangerous to a culture that needs to have a moral efficacy in order to remain, uh, in order to remain uh, stable as a society. But we are losing our uh, Judeo-Biblical values all over the world, especially here at home in America. And I'm praying for America because we desperately need a revival. So those of you and other nations that are part of this church, who love this ministry, who love America, I'm asking you, I'm charging you to join me in prayer for a revival in America. We want to see a revival in this United States of America. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is an amazing God. But I want to go into the book of Genesis because it's my favorite book of the Bible. You see, Genesis is where everything that went right, went right. It's where everything that went wrong, went wrong. In other words, if you want to understand the roots and origins of man's, man's assignment, the roots and origins of God's intention for mankind and for the planet called Earth, you go to the book of Genesis because that is the book of beginnings. It's, it's Barashit in the Hebrew. The Barashit in the book Hebrew means the book of beginnings. It is a book of beginnings. Everything that we are dealing with today began in Genesis. We can trace back every geopolitical issue we are dealing with today all, way, all the way back to the book of Genesis. We can trace every type of uh, um, uh, warfare. We are dealing with the demonic powers, with these evil entities from another world, these malicious spirits, can all be traced back 
to the Garden of Eden. So it is through the, the book of Genesis that we turn our eyes in order to understand the law of dominion and the law of territory. You see, even though it's a play on words, the law of dominion is with the law of territory, but I'm combining it so that you can at least understand it in that, in that, in that dimension. So in the book of Genesis 1.26, God has been creating for the past five days this amazing world we call Earth. All you have to do is go to the Caribbean islands like the Bahamas, Barbados, and see the beauty of God in the sea, the beauty of God in the islands, the multiple, multiple um, membered families of the sea, the, by the thousands, the different species you find in the sea. There are more species of living creatures in the sea than they actually own the land. And yet, even the land is amazing. You go to Zambia, and you are overwhelmed by the amazing Victoria Falls. One of the seven wonders of the world that was discovered by the great David Livingstone. Glory to God. You go into uh, Tibet, and you begin to deal with the, the Mount Everest. And you see, there has to be a supreme being who made all of this amazing spectacle. But central to the plan of God is the creation of man. Man becomes the epitome, the essence of the creation. He becomes a steward of all that God has been doing for the past five days of creation. So on the sixth day of creation, God raises himself with, great with what I can imagine was deep, deep, deep excitement and joy. Because God was about to deliver to all of us and to himself, his master specimen, man. Man would be such, man would be, God's, would, be, would be God's crowning creation to such an extent that David would later say in the book of Psalm, Psalm 8, he would say, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man that thou art mindful of him? That thou visitest him, that the God of creation... Oh, the angels bow down to day and night crying, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Those angels with their majesticness, with their size, with their, with their massive sizes. One of the, I mean, there are angels that are bigger than the, the Royal Caribbean, uh, uh, if you can imagine. There's an angel whose feet is, is larger than the Royal Caribbean, saving on God's staff. And yet they, these angels collectively look at man and they say, what is it about man? What is it about man that doubt visits him? Well, I'll tell you what, is, what the big deal about you. The problem is we don't know who we are, so we keep wallowing in unnecessary self-pity, unnecessary low self-esteem. Because we don't know who we are, we've lost touch with our origins. Hopefully that through this two-week series, you are going to get in touch back with your origins concerning who you are and what God thinks of you, how God highly esteems you, yes, you with your flaws, you are highly esteemed by God. Hallelujah. So in the book of Genesis, or Bereshit in the Hebrew, the book of beginnings, Genesis 1.26, God says, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beds of the air, over the kettle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. 
and he created them. Then God blessed them and said, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. My God. Hallelujah. We are going to be spending the next uh, two weeks on these two verses. Uh, I mean, adding, add, adding other things to it. But essentially, this will be our foundational text in discussing the law of dominion and the law of territory. So God speaks to himself on that sixth day. You know, and he says, let us make man. Whenever God uh, 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 was creating, what he was creating in the five days, he spoke to nature. He spoke to creation. Let there be light. And then when he wanted animals, he said, let them come out of the ground. Let them come out of, out of dirt. So animals, animals, no matter how much you love them, 100% dirt. So do not treat an animal above a human being. You don't understand God if that's how you behave. There are people who are animal lovers, but they don't love people. That is a satanic, demonic technology working inside of you. Ask God for deliverance. There's nothing wrong with loving animals, but you better love people more than you love the animals. Because animals come from dirt. Trees come from dirt. They are tree huggers who treat trees with more respect than they treat their fellow human beings. That's another disturbance in the ecosystem of God's kingdom. That is not right. It is, it is one of the residues of the fall of man on planet earth. So God said, let us make man in our image. That man whose word is Adam. So Adam, you know, that literally means red man. Red man to represent the fact that he came from red dirt. Red man in our image. Let's make man in our image, our, our image, according to our likeness. Man, uh, man is, this is very interesting. Man is essentially a spirit because God is a spirit. He says in our image and according to our likeness. First image refers to the nature, the essence of who God is and God is spirit. Jesus tells us this in John chapter 4 verse 24. He says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I mean, you could not be more clear than that. Nobody knows the Father that, that, that the Son who came to reveal Him to us. And when God and G when Jesus is telling you there is nothing flesh about God, He is spirit. You better believe Him. And therefore, to worship Him, you have to be able to connect with the realm of the Spirit because God is Himself a spirit. But this will have tremendous implications on God Himself and our relationship to God when we begin to examine the law of dominion and territory. So we, we, God says, let us make man in our image. And image has to do with likeness. I call, I, I know, image has to do with the, a God's essence, which is spirit. But then the next part is according to our likeness. Likeness, uh, God told me, is a genetic function. He said, Francis, anytime you see the word likeness, that's a phenomenon, even in genetics, that is controlled by genes. As a matter of fact, it's very interesting that the word gen Genesis is made up of, 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 of a play on two words, is and, and genes. Is coming from the Greek meaning the knowledge of knowledge, and then uh, it's a given for knowledge in the Greek, genes being uh, uh, the beginning of the root, the root system or the beginning of everything. So essentially, Genesis is the beginning of, that's why it's called the book of beginnings, or it's the book of genes, the knowledge of genes, or the genetics, or origins. So God says, according to our likeness, God said to me, what makes a son like his father? 
What makes a daughter look like a mother, laugh like a mother, even walk like mama? You know, it's not because mama was teaching the girl, you got you to act like this, laugh like me. You know, you, you, you know, if mama plays with her hair on the left side, you find the little girl doesn't even know what she's doing. She plays with her hair on the left side. That is not taught. That is caught by, that is information, like information, likeness, familiarity carried by the genetics of that particular individual. The DNA controls. That's why by DNA now we know we can, we can set our claims of parentage just using DNA with 100% accuracy. This is where the gene, our genetic understanding has now come to, evolve to in the time we live in. Go ahead again. So God tells me the word likeness that refers to the fact that Adam and Eve were created with the genes or the DNA of God. My God, what a privilege they had. You know, and they lost that privilege when they allowed a, an unemployed cherubim by the name of Lucifer, who's now called Satan, to deceive them into committing high treason against, their, against God and God's kingdom. And they lost that place, but then they opened their DNA to the entrance of the sin technology, and we have never been the same since uh, that time. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Glory to God. Thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Now, then he continues to say, let them have dominion. Now, that is, what, that is the beginning of our teaching. Right there, we're going to go deep. This is very powerful. Let them have dominion. So God says, let them, meaning that in the man, there were two spirits. Later we find out that in Adam, there were two spirits trapped in Adam. Let them is a reference to the female and male. You know, when God would separate, we would separate the spirit of Eve out of Adam, you know, out of Adam's body, when he put him to sleep and took the rib to get the body of the woman, then he put the spirit of the woman in the, in the female body so that you can have two genders. Now, we have a lot of fights today over the issue of gender, but can I tell you from a biblical understanding, a biblical uh, 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 theology, there's only two genders. Now, the world might come up with multiple genders. That's the world, and it's their right to do so. But for those of us who believe in the word of God, there is only two genders. God, in the beginning, made them male and female. But the truth of the matter is, I wanted to bring out is this, that, 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 uh, that this scripture destroys the fallacy that women are in any way inferior to men. Because the truth of the matter is that there is no gender in spirit. In the realm of the spirit, there is no gender. You know, spirits have no gender. And so, uh, they, 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 you know, and, and so they have personality but not gender. And, 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 and the Bible is already calling them them. The Bible said, let, let us make man in our image. Now we find that man is plural. That word man is actually plural because it's the name of two spirits that God is about to give two bodies. First, he releases the body of the man. So the, man, uh, the man's body, that's why the man's body is different from the female. Now, we are, of course, we are fighting whether a, 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 whether a girl can be, a, whether a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. The bottom line is their bodies were even designed to be different. That's why God had to create that body differently, you know, and he shaped it differently, you know, and uh, then put the spirit of the woman in, the, in that female body. Praise God. Hallelujah. My point is this. Men and women are therefore completely equal in the sight of God because their spirits were formed by God 
created by God, out of God came these two spirits at the exact same time. Praise God. Hallelujah. That destroys every doctrine that would make women uh, uh, begin to behave or act like second class citizens in the kingdom or in the world for that matter. The devil is a liar because the reality is men and women before God are completely equal. God does not work against himself. Hallelujah. God doesn't say, well, this spirit of mine is more inferior than this spirit of mine. No. The woman and woman spirit, man spirit come out of the same God. So they have every essence of God in both of them. So how can one be higher than the other? They are the same. But they have different roles and functionalities, particularly in the institution of marriage. And that's a subject for another time. But suffice it to say today, what we are trying to focus on brings us to two words. What we're about to focus on hinges on two powerful words. See, God is a God who created words. He's a God of the word. I mean, I mean, the second member of the God, Yeshua, Jesus, is called the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So trust me, nobody understands the nomenclature of words than the God who created them, invented them in the first place. So that everything God does is does by the word. So there's nobody who honors and respects what you say like the God who understands the, the root and origins of what words are. Well, God uses two words deliberately, intentionally, and willingly, sovereignly, by foreknowledge. All that God is comes behind two words. All that God is, he invests and, uh, himself in backing up two words. Let them. My God, I wish I had a board before me because I, I would have just been able to go to the board and just show you some stuff. But I want to paint a picture. Let them, ha, let them have dominion. Who's the them? Later in, the verse, in, the, in, the, in verse 27, God describes the them, male and female. As a matter of fact, this is why I believe the enemy is really going crazy over the, issue, over the gender fights we're having today, trying to have multiple genders, because he knows that the contract of dominion, the contract of dominion and the law of territory was only given to the male and female genders. God never gave any dominion on earth to any gender that's now male and female. Now, I'm talking about biblical theology. I'm not speaking to the institution of human government. They can do whatever they want to do, you know. Oh, I'm telling you that within the economy of Scripture, the, this law of territory and dominion that we're about to talk about only works for two genders. It only works for male and female. That's it. According to Scripture. Glory to God. So he says this, very interesting. He said, let them have dominion. Those two words, let them change the relationship of man with God. It changed the relationship between man and God. Because God could have easily said, let them and us have dominion on earth. Now, had God included what I call the us clause, if this was a contract, actually, it's a, it's a, dominion is a contract between God and man. If, if, if God included the us clause in the contract of dominion and stewardship over the planet earth, then God could, have, God could easily come into the world of men earth and do whatever he wants to do without requiring the permission or the cooperation of any human being. Why? Because he doesn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't need us to do anything. He would just come in and out of our world and do whatever he wants to do. Now, 
being God, he could have done it. Had, the, had, the, had, 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 had an amazing opportunity to do it because nobody could instruct God in what to say. But he chose to exclude himself from the authority structure of earth. He pulled himself from being the legal authority on earth. This might, this might sound sacrilegious to some of you. This, some of the, this might fry the brain, the, the religious brains of some people. And by the way, they need to be fried anyway, and you get the mind of Christ. But the truth of the matter is God in his sovereignty chooses to use his sovereignty to take himself out. He's not leaving man by himself, but is, is respecting the kingship that is given to man. As a monarch, as a royalty, God understands that if my children, Adam and Eve, remain in my domain, they can be kings, they cannot be princes. You see, like for instance, Prince Charles can never be King Charles until the Queen of England goes home to glory to be with the Lord. But while the Queen of England is over the, th the throne of England, of the, great, of the great kingdom of Great Britain, Guess what? Prince Charles is a prince. Now, if Prince Charles decided, hey, decided, hey, I, 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 uh, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to uh, whatever, the Folk Islands, and I want the, king, the queen to come and install me as a king in the Folk Islands, or whatever islands that are under the British Empire, he could literally legally become king in that island, but as soon as he flies for a state visit, to London and gets on the king, on the queen's territory, he goes from king to prince. This is the law of monarch. This is the law of royalty. It's the law of all monarchs. All monarchs understand this. So God understanding the law of kings. He know if I stick around, this two, this two my children that I've created to, in, to be in my image, in my likeness, cannot be kings on the earth if I, am, um, if I stick around and can slip in and out of the, uh, of the world of men, just sneak up on them like some over-possessive parents who never let their children grow up. Even when their children, they are married, they still say, my baby, my baby, and, in, and they oppress the wife or they oppress the, hus the new husband because they can't let go of their little girl, can't let go of their little, their little boy, but the boy has become a man. He has told the family, but oh, that's my baby. So mama or papa are overbearing parents who act like their children's house is another bedroom within their house. They don't get it. The children got married to, to, to move away so they can declare autonomy. Praise God. And mama and them have to ask for permission before they can visit. This is what God did in the Lord's dominion. Let them, Adam and Eve, male and female, let them have dominion. Where? On earth. That word dominion is an interesting word. It comes from a Hebrew word called mamlaka. Mamlaka. Mamlaka means to rule, to have rulership. It means to, be, to have a kingdom. It means to be kingly. It means to have oversight. <laughs> so man was given a kingdom. According to my mentor and late, the, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, you know, Adam and Eve were not given a religion, they were given a kingdom. So now they're given a kingdom. They're given mamlaka. They're given rulership. They're given dominion over the first, 
over the earth. Over what? Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the heaven, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. What does this mean? It means man was never designed by God to control other people. So if you're a control freak, get over it. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. There are people who are such control freaks. Governments who are tyrann tyrannical because they want to control all, they, they want to control everything about their citizens. That's how tyranny, tyrann tyrannical governments are formed. And America is slowly moving in that direction. Hopefully we can turn it around. But it's looking like it's moving in that direction. The whole issue about council culture in America is you are not allowed to think differently. But if people are not allowed to think differently, then guess what? We are in the realm of domination, not dominion. Domination is different from dominion. Dominion is a gift of God. Domination is, is domination is, is the devil hijacking the spirit of dominion and perverting it into domination until, until people around you look like Look like, look like withered trees. They look like, they, they look like prisoners because they cannot express who they are. They can't say something different from you. Or, and then you get crazy. And there are pastors who behave like that. They are tyranny. They have got tyranny in their DNA. They want their elders to act like uh, clones of the past, senior pastor. Listen, the devil is like, I, I, I don't need that around me. I need, I need, listen, I'm a spiritual father. I'm an apostle to nations. And I need people around me. And I've got sons and daughters, men, on, who are on my board. They're in my ministry. They, are, uh, they help me with my businesses. Listen, they can speak their mind. Now, sometimes I'll check them when I think they're out of, the, they're out of tune. But for the most part, I'm going to hear them out. And in most cases, they, I find out their ideas are actually better than mine. And we, we shift things around and we get the ideas on the table and bam, we all prosper. But you see, if you've got domination, you, will, you can't stand anybody saying something different from, you, from what you think everybody ought to be echoing. That is domination versus dominion. My friends, we are talking about the restoration into your life of the law of, of dominion and territory. So, before I conclude the teacher, part one of this series, I, I, I want to just explain what the law of dominion and territory actually states so that you, you really have a grasp of it because in the next, in the next service, we are going to be going deeper into the practical ramifications of the law of dominion and territory. Praise God. So God said, God said let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. So God, by, by God saying let them, God changes his relationship with man. Remember, uh, by the word let them, God makes earth the world of men. Write it down. Earth is the world of men. Period. Wow. Let that sink in deeply. Earth is not heaven. If it was, it would be ridiculous. It would not make sense for the Lord Jesus to say, pray this for our Father who art in heaven. That means you're not on earth. Thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So earth is not heaven. It's a different territory. But it can be connected to the heavenly kingdom and begin to experience the amazing power of that culture that is heavenly. For glory to God, we need that. But I want you to know earth is the word of men. By God's decree. Let them have dominion. Made earth the word of men. What, is the, what, what does that mean? It means therefore. That by the, by the law of dominion and territory. God made earth the territory of men. 
the territory of men. Meaning, earth is not the territory of spirit, including God. Earth is not the territory of spirit. Earth is the territory of terrestrial beings. Terrestrial beings. The celestial realm is the spirit realm. Just as earth is a realm of terrestrial uh, beings, spirit is a realm of celestial beings. So if you want to become celestial, give up your body. Because if, you if you don't give up your body, trust me, you are locked in the terrestrial realm of men. Therefore, you are subject to the laws of men. Provided they don't violate the laws of the Bible. And if they do, then we just pay the price. But we do not violate the laws of the, of the kingdom. But as much as possible, I do my best to obey the laws of men. Provided they do not, they, they, they do not put me in a place where I have to deny the holy word of God. That's why I believe that in the last days we're going to see many people of God martyred for their faith. Martyred mean killed for their faith. Why do you believe that, Dr. Mouse? Because it's inevitable. The tyrannical nature of the governments of today is heading in that direction. The history tells us. Millions have died under the burden, under the banner of tyrannical government that took away freedom of expression, freedom of speech from the citizenry, politicized it and made that, that speech, that right, become a, an, a, an offense against the state. So we've seen this in countries like Russia. We've seen this in China. We've seen this over Easter. We've seen this in Germany when Hitler and fascism rose over Hitler, over, over Germany. Millions died under that, that the banner of fascism. And we begin to see it rise today. So I really believe it's inevitable that in the last days, some of you watching me around the world are going to be martyred. But let me tell you something. What a blessing it is to be martyred for the sake of Jesus of Nazareth. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. There's a privilege that awaits all martyrs in heaven that nobody will ever be given. That's why Jesus said it's a blessing for you to die for his name. Now some of you may just die natural death. But some of you may be martyrs in spirit. You may not die physically, but the price you're going to pay for the call of God upon your life to go against the grain who put upon you the spirit of the matter. That, 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 that God will look at you as if you're a matter. Because if you had given the opportunity, if you are given the opportunity to die for Jesus, you would have done it. But the point is, Earth is the world of men. It's not a world of spirit. This is not a world of spirit. It is the world of men. Wow. So here is the law of dominion. Write it down. The law of dominion and territory simply states this. That spirits without bodies are illegal on earth unless they are functioning through the permission of a human being. Say it again. Spirits without bodies are illegal on earth unless they are functioning through the permission of a human being in a body, in a body of dirt. In a body of dirt. I want you to touch your body right now and just caress the body. Mm, even kiss your body. That body is the reason God cannot move without you. That body is a reason the devil cannot even move without you. He needs to, both the devil and, 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 and God Almighty, 
needs the licensing, needs the license, permission to operate in the world of men from you and I. This is why God holds us responsible for what's happening in the world of men. Now we have a, man, mankind has a tendency to say, oh, that's an act of God. That's a lie. What we call acts of God is nature reacting to what we are allowing to enter the world of men. So the earth is convulsing. Leviticus 18 talks about the earth is tired of your iniquity and therefore she vomits you out because you have defiled the land. Sometimes the earth is like, I'm tired of you. I'm tired of your knucklehead behavior. I'm tired of your wickedness. This is not what God created me for. You are violating the law of territory. You are allowing demonic spirits to enter the world of men. This law of dominion was only created so that God can come in. You and can work together with God, but you're allowing the devil and his mother-in-law and all these demons to come on the earth. You're allowing all this immorality and some time to time, mudslings show up. Tsunamis show up. It's not an act of God. It's earth reacting to our mismanagement of the territory God gave us. It's not an act of God. God does not kill no man. Jesus told us in John 10.10, 10, For I come that you may have life and have it that more abundantly. That's why he came. I come that you may have life and have it that more abundantly. But the thief, the thief now comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So why would you call an act of God when Jesus already told you, the only one who steals, the only one who kills, the only one who destroys is Satan. So what does a tsunami do? It destroys. What does a tsunami do? It kills. What does it do? It steals property. Matchlings. That's the book of Satan. Now, can God bring judgments? He has brought judgments on the earth. He can bring judgment. Like in the days of Noah, he could do it. Working through a man who legalizes that kind of judgment. Works with God, the iniquity of the land has, has to be cleansed. But even then, God needed Noah to be able to execute judgments. And the judgments God released on the earth in the days of Noah was to protect us who protect the bloodline of men from being corrupted by celestial beings who had violated the law of territory with men and men who are stepping with angels, a major violation of the law of territory. And God had to cleanse because the only bloodline, the Bible, when the Bible says, and Noah found grace with God, you know what grace was? What, what grace Noah found with God? He was the only one when, when God investigated the bloodline of men, every one of them had been polluted with the Nephilim DNA. They had been slipping around with angels, fallen angels. And he only found one family, one family, glory to God, that had not defiled themselves and kept the, kept the original priesthood of God that comes out of Eden. It was Noah. So Noah found grace because his bloodline was, had not been corrupted and God preserved that bloodline so Messiah could come and redeem us. So and thank God for Noah. Praise God. But it suffices to say as I come to a close for this first part of our series that the law of dominion and territory simply states this. Spirits without bodies are illegal here on earth unless they are functioning through a human being. So the next time you look around and don't like what you see, ask yourself, who let the dogs out? Remember the song, who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Ask yourself the question. That songwriter 
Do not know what maybe, maybe don't know they were trying to be funky. They came up with a funky song in the culture that do, that went viral. But boy, there was truth in that song. Who let the dogs out? Praise God. When you understand that, and you take power back from the demonic powers, then you become responsible for whether revival or the glory of God hits your life. You are responsible for that because you are a king in the world of men. Start acting like it. Now listen, if you have not given your life to Jesus, there is no way you can fully cooperate with him and be a, an effective manager of the law of dominion. You're going to continue opening doors to, the, to this world of men, to the devil, and we all keep suffering for that. But Jesus died so you and I can come back to God and to our Father who loves us so much. And at the same time, be, uh, go back to our original assignment to be kings on the earth. If you are convicted to the mountains, I would like to give my life to Jesus. Or I walked away from God. But hearing you speak today, I realize life in the kingdom is much better for, for me than the life I'm living now. If that is you, I want you to simply pray this prayer after me. And you will be radically transformed as you let the Jesus, Jesus the Savior come into your heart. Simply say, Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross for my, on my behalf. He was buried and he was resurrected on the third day. That I may arise into a new life. Lord, I believe all of that. Now I'm asking you to cleanse me from all my sin by the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. If you have prayed that prayer, I'm telling you, I know that you are now born again. You are a child of God, headed, headed, or you are headed, you are headed, you are headed to the lovely kingdom of you are headed to heaven, should the Lord tarry. If you keep on following Jesus, let us know about your salvation. Please email us as testify at francismiles.com. Testify at francismiles.com. Let us know how you got born again or get served on this broadcast. Praise God. And if you've, if you've been, if you received the miracle through one of our services, also testify and let us know what God is doing. Praise God. Now listen, I want to give you an opportunity to give your tithes and offering. Let us worship God now. In tithes and offerings. Praise God. At Francis Miles Church Online, we do not collect tithes out of a place of legalism. We do it from a place of grace, knowing that Abraham did not give out of compulsion. He gave out of grace. He got up. There was no, there was no law telling them if you don't tithe, you're going to get cursed. But he tithed because he realized that how, how could he not? He was standing before the, an incorruptible God who had given him oxygen, given him everything he had. Tithing is simply acknowledging you don't belong to yourself, you belong to God. So every time I get to tithe, I, I, I enjoy it because I am telling the principles and powers in the heavenly realms, I don't belong to myself, I belong to God. So you mess with me, Dad is coming after you. Also, Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek in Genesis 14 to respond to the fact that God had blessed him. When you tithe, you reinforce the blessing of the Lord over your life. Now that's the tithe. The tithe is 10% of whatever you earn belongs to the Lord. Glory to God. But you can also give your first fruit. You can give your seed offering. A seed is anything you give above your tithe in order to create a harvest for in an area where you need to see God move. On the screen you can see there are different ways you can give to the Lord through this ministry. Francis March is online. We love you so much. Thank you again for joining us for this amazing, amazing Sunday service. See you next Sunday. Shalom, shalom. Amen.
Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.